Nation, episode 940 of your favorite podcast, Lucas Tigers and Bronze. Oh my, we've got uh, excited, fierce, tenacious cage on deck for you guys today. I'm going to ask you, anything in your day in the city, the weird blizzard, Snow. not blizzard, Yeah, uh, Nor'easterner, Brigandi. Grading companies, fanatics. Uh, yeah, a lot of stuff, right? It's been a while. We got, you know, we, we got to talk. Got a, a very contentious MVP race. Spring, uh, spring training is like right around the corner. It probably is for spring training. What's what are you thinking about? I'm gonna ask you a couple questions. Number one, I doubt it. Somebody goes out there on Twitter and posts to Kendrick Perkins, posts of you know uh, the JJ Reddick argument, posts all this stuff, and then. Someone goes and replies with no following at all to defend Jokic. What goes on in the head of people on Twitter that they want to go and think that people care what their reply is just because they happen to own a PSA 8 mm-hmm. light blue? Nah, seriously. So, yes, Andrew is. So, we can actually on talk about um, <laughs> why Jokic? Talk about the cards. So, did you actually think that my replies were in defense of Jokic? Because yes. what I was referencing was people are saying Embiid's 33.4 points per game is like the highest except for Harden, uh, Jordan, and uh, Kobe. Mm-hmm. And my point was they score more points in this era. They probably oh, scored 10% more points. Uh, it's not – everything became Jokic and Embiid. It happened like overnight. It, it's this social media polarization culture, but it's not about Jokic versus Embiid. They're both having amazing seasons. I don't know why we even need to compare them to each other. I don't know why it became a thing where it's Jokic versus Embiid versus who just had the best performance. And let's make supporting arguments for both. Both are very deserving. You know what? How about and we was, interview you? Sometimes this is a useful tool. So I'm going to interview you this time. We're going to get to the bottom of this whole Pam Pan thing. All right? Okay. Ready? Give me one argument for Joker over Embiid in the MVP race. One. You only get one. What's his I, best – the best thing that Joker brings to the table that Embiid doesn't? Go. Well, the fact that he's averaging a triple-double and they win. So when he they records a triple-double, they're like 28-1, and they're the first seed. So his now, stats – Now give me one argument as to why Embiid should win. Embiid is probably a better overall player on offense and defense. So it's reasonable. It's a reasonable conversation. Yeah, it's a like reasonable today, conversation. Zach Lowe like put out like – Jokic has 44 kick balls. The next guy has 17. What does that even have anything to do with basketball okay. at all? So, so. He's obviously not very nimble. People have their camps. If I wanted to talk to someone who was a bigger fan of the 84 star Jordan, they would explain why it's a better card, why there's less of them, why it's really his rookie. And then there's another camp of 86 Fleer. This is, bless you, buddy. This is the, the... The camps are killing us, brother. They're not. They're dividing they're, us. They're making... They're making if you the let creative, them. They're, well, I'm not, not if I let them. They, this, yeah. is, this is what's this happening. This is conversation, but it's not... No, no it's, mean, everything's debate. Like, when I respond to a, a comment about Embiid, or uh, about Embiid being MVP, it's already perceived as a supporting for Jokic, but it had nothing to do with Jokic. And it was just adding context to the conversation. Well, if not you're taking every- a right now, there's only it's a binary choice, right? I mean, I guess unless you want to bring in Giannis, 
So if you're okay. if you're undercutting the argument for Embiid, the argument hasn't been made yet. Necessarily, you're arguing for Jokic because if you're if you're weighing in on an MVP conversation where there's two choices and you're undercutting the argument for one, that means you are supporting the argument for the other. That's what it seems like on the surface, but that's not the case because there's another variable of time. And with each day, each week, the MVP race changes and there's new context added to the situation. A month ago, it was clear-cut Jokic. I would actually say that people listening would be surprised that the Sixers and the Nuggets have the exact same record. Mm-hmm. The Nuggets have one more win, but they both have 22 losses. Speaking that of records, wasn't... and it doesn't matter. I mean, it's a stat. Winning is just a stat, and it's, stats don't matter. But do you know who has the um, – the worst, currently the worst record in, I'm just playing with you. Um, that was a segue and making fun of you when you said stats don't sure. matter. See, now roll with me. Okay. My questions yes. are long enough without you interrupting. Go. Who has the worst record in the NBA right now? Uh, I think it's, <laughs> it's not the Rockets. Ian said the Rockets also. It's actually Detroit by percentage points. Detroit has one more, one more loss. Okay? okay. Do you know what Detroit's road record is? Abysmal. They Beyond are seven for- and 26 on the road. Do you know who has the same road record as Detroit, the worst record the in the league? The Warriors. The Warriors. Now, I'm going to put myself on mute and let the dude who watches the games go off for a couple of minutes here and explain to me how a team can be so good at home and so bad on the road. <laughs> He's such a weird mood, man. I, I got to tell you guys. One day you're going to have the privilege, not just like a cigar night with two hours with this guy, like to really get a peek inside his brain. He's polarizing. He is shocking. So it's a few things. I'll, I'll put state the obvious. As champions, there's always a championship hangover. It's physical, mental, plus the fact that teams give you their best performance. So as a championship team, you play the most games. So you're going to have the least amount of time to prepare for next season. So there's that. Then you're hungover mentally. You're just like, you want. How do you get back up for like – Game three of the season. And then when the champions come to town, the team, the opponent, everybody gives you their best their best shot. They're, it's not a rollover game. It's not a look-ahead game. You are the game that's circled on the calendar. We want to beat this team. So they're getting 100% every time they're on the road. The fans come out. People want to see Curry. So the home team is going to perform really well. I'd also say Kerr deserves a little bit more blame than he got. Like, he really botched the situation with Wiseman, man. Uh, I'm not saying that it's the wrong decision, but his rotations haven't worked. And I think it's hard to say that they don't have some pieces. Do they have the best role players? Maybe, maybe not. But what he's done with that team hasn't worked. Now, Kerr isn't really a rotations and all that. He's always struck me as a mindset guy. He's always struck me about getting the temperament of the team right. And I think that punch that I didn't think was a big deal early in the season is actually a bigger deal than it seemed. So you have like all of these factors, and I think it's unfair to point to just one. Um, Clay, probably rounding into form now, but he's still only 80%. So imagine what he was earlier. That's what I would say. So the hangover applies more at home than it does on the road. The rotations are different at home than they are on the road. The mindset that Kerr brings is a different mindset at home and on the road. The punch impacts the team differently at home versus on the road. Clay rounds into form better at home than on the road. I mean, all the things you gave me, I guess maybe yes. the, the, the one that I could see is getting everyone's best 
right? The, when you're on the road and the other team, you know, they're home, they're going to give you that best at home. Role players play better at home. Just, okay. just like as a rule. Is it an energy play. thing? You know, do they just, do they, do they feed off the energy of, of, of their home crowd? I mean, it is a, they, it they is a stark stadiums. difference, right? They switch stadiums. So it's not like it wasn't, it's not Oracle Arena. It wasn't, this, it's still vibey, but it's not like that vibe. I mean, are they flying commercial now? You know, I mean, I answered uh, your question. I gave you the right answer. What else do you want? Was it too? I mean, was it your answer, Ariana? Yeah, your answer. Did I not make, give you enough? Is your answers make no sense? Your answers make no sense. They they they, they are not they're, relevant they're typically for typically right. They're, they're typically right. There couldn't would be you anything. Do, right would you there. do what I'm about to do? So I bought a Jokic. I I bought a Jokic blue nine, and I yeah. bought a silver ten. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Now there's a ten on eBay. And it's at twenty four hundred bucks. A ten of which one? You name two cards. The silver. And then of the okay. silver. Of the silver. Oh, okay. So you have uh, a nine silver and an eight blue. Is that <laughs> I what you have? Nine have? blue. Nine and a blue. Ten silver. Okay, so there's another uh, silver ten on eBay for sale. It's on auction right now. Four on days. Uh, four days left. Twenty four hundred bucks. I bought mine for twenty five hundred bucks. Okay. Someone just listed a BGS nine five. Mm-hmm. I made an offer. I counted to a thousand bucks. So I could buy BGS 9.5, really nice copy for a thousand bucks. Do I just sell this, which is the silver is now like a $3,500 copy, get my thousand dollars profit, buy the BGS 9.5, and I'm sitting on the a exact card. same card, yeah, like card for free? Yeah, I would do that. And it's a win, and you just count it as a win, and you move on to the next one 100%. And I have a free card. You have a free card. Like two- you got a thousand dollar card for free. Yeah. You can do that every week, and you're doing where you sit and breathe. Now, let me ask you guys, does that consider me a flipper, an investor, a collector? What bucket would you put that in? Because genius. I love I put it in the bucket. I love the card. Yeah. I'm and it's good. And listen, so here is where I would go with it. And just to finish up on the Golden State Warriors, the point I was trying to make is they are now a game and a half behind the Suns after beating the Suns. Um, and that game and a half behind the Suns is actually pretty relevant because that's for the four seed. And I know there's a lot of games left, 13, 14, depending upon you know how many games played, but but they're only a game and a half out of getting a first round home court advantage, which I think for a team like the Warriors actually matters more this year than anybody else. It would just be the first round. But, you know, any team that wants to face them is going to want to face them where they're only playing, you know, a couple of games at, uh, at Golden State and, and force them to play on the road where they've just been abysmal. Anyway, so on yours, I like where your where your head is on it. And we got to give you some credit. I mean, every once in a while, we, we you know, we take our shots at you. You went into this with supply and demand. You did research on this one, and it wasn't just, oh, I know what the pop is, or hey, I'm going to pull up, you know, card ladder, market movers, Becky collects. I'm going to pull up whatever these things where I'm going to find my pops, my, you know, my universal pop report. It was you actually tried to buy these cards and realized that, you know, the actual supply versus the available supply was not the same on these. The available supply was, was tiny. Nobody wanted to part with these cards. And that would, that, probably gave you a little more confidence. You had confidence in the player, and then you had confidence in the fact that these are not something that anybody could just go get, which often leads to having to pay more when they come up for sale. And that has played out. Because now if this card is something you could sell for $1,000 more, might as well get it. And then give you credit also for realizing that there is a gap. Maybe the Jokic fans that you have found are also collectors fans maybe they are psa fans let's dare i, I say stands right they so maybe not only are they this clicky jokic click 
but maybe they are a clicky PSA click. And you are not allowed in that click just yet. I'm not you know, maybe you I've say, never been allowed to I sit at I'm gonna take I my sit alone at I sit dog. alone at the lunch table with, yeah. with my dog and, and maybe my family. And, and your green jello and everything's okay. Like, green jello. Who's the MVP? Jokic or Embiid? Giannis, yes. hundred percent Giannis. Isn't it crazy? Giannis actually missed the same amount of games as Embiid, or he's played the same amount of games as Embiid, but it feels like Giannis has missed a lot more games than Embiid. Um, yes, because Giannis is usually more durable. Embiid, you kind of expect it. So Gian- Embiid gets a pass because if he plays 80% of a season, you're like, oh my God, he played right. every game. But Giannis plays 80% of the season. Like, what happened to Giannis? You know, Giannis had a beast of a game last 53 year. games played by Giannis, 54 games played by Embiid. Yeah, and I mean, what if the, uh, what they played sixty seven in the season? I mean, that's it. You know, that's a, a vast majority of it, right? You know, sixty seven total for the team. Um, the listen, it's gonna be fun. It's not done. Crazy. It's not done. You guys yeah, realize I mean, Jordan played eighty two in just about every single season, <laughs> was the MVP, and was defensive team first team, and led the league in like I insane. Mean, Insane what he did. It's yeah. it's it's crazy looking back, and that's when they scored like a hundred points a game. He was averaging like thirty five. You think it's it's insane that um, Jordan played eighty two games? It, hmm. It's insane watching today's NBA and the talent. To up, I appreciate Jordan so much more because right now in the NBA, what I've seen is a lot of one sided talent. Either you're really good on offense, or you're really good on defense, or you're really good wing, or you're a really good three point shooter, and it's rare to put all of that together. And also be healthy and play every game and leave from the front. That was that's to be is is it, it, today's NBA makes you appreciate Jordan more. Like you look at Dame, he puts up forty one and a half, but he's also a turn. Like he he doesn't defend. He doesn't. Jordan did forty one and a half and also was the best defender on the team, which was just kind of crazy. So just to add some fun and some levity to the episode, have you ever heard of Walt Bellamy? Not Bill Bellamy. Not the you know how to be a player guy. Walt Bellamy, you ever heard of him? I'll look him up. I'll look him up. No, I'm you don't have to look him up. So Jordan played eighty-two games. Walt Bellamy is a a, a player. He played for a couple of teams, but probably best known for the Knicks. Um, he holds the record for the most games played in a single season, regular season. Do you want to guess how many he played? Eighty-four. Eighty-eight games in a single season. Now you're thinking to yourself, what? this is this is Walt his rookie season. He's eighteen years old here. Walt Bellamy. He began the season on the Knicks, averaged about 15 and 10, 15 and 11. And he, he played 35 games with the Knicks. And he was traded to the Pistons. Dave DeBuscher, big trade. At the time, the Pistons had played six less games than the Knicks. So instead of having 47 more opportunities to play, Mr. Bellamy had 53. He upped his points average to about 18 a game after that when he was traded. But it's a pretty cool record, pretty cool stat, you know, that a lot of people, you know, don't have at the handy at the ready when you talk about Jordan playing 82. I bring up Walt Bellamy, who played 88 games, a record that will probably not be broken ever in the NBA. 88 regular season games. Pretty cool, right? Wilt averaged 48.5 points, uh, (laughs) 48.5 minutes a game. And I was, I went down a rabbit hole all morning trying to figure out the numbers. Well, that's pretty cool. I mean, you know. <sighs> My favorite record, though, is most minutes played in a game. You want to take a guess on that? 74. 
No, actually, it's a little less than that. But I've always felt bad for Xavier McDaniel. You know, the X Man. He got into some fight when he was a Nick. He got into some fights with uh, with Jordan. There's some you know some fun stuff of him jawing at Jordan. So he played 68 minutes for the Sonics. All right, in a game against I think it was the Bucks. Right, 155, 154 game, and it. I mean, I think they played five overtimes. Dale Ellis played 69 minutes in that game. He had 53 points in 69 minutes. So Xavier McDaniel played 68 minutes in a game and doesn't hold the record for the most minutes in a game. It's pretty crazy because his teammate Dale Ellis played 69 minutes. There you go. A couple of little fun fun little fact nuggets for you. The history of sport. I, I don't think there's anyone in the hobby that knows history of sport like you. Like I would put up like if there was like a, a hobby jeopardy, so to speak, that would be kind of fun. A hobby Jeopardy, I would say you would be one of the four finalists. I, I miss confidently Alex miss You miss him, like personally? Yeah. Or? yeah, he was a good host. He knew every answer who, to everything. Who else? Sticks out? Like, who else? Like uh, what, Howie Mandel. Howie Mandel, hilarious. Ray Tom Liotta. Howie. That's a recent loss. I mean, he was awesome. Great mafia movie guy. I was thinking Regis about Philbin? rewatching The Sopranos. I asked Ian if he wants to watch you The should. Sopranos with me. I mean, he's nine. The Sopranos are, that's acceptable, right? I mean. In your family, yeah, for sure. You're beautiful. I mean, he likes Scarface. In America, but the cool thing about America is you could run your family how you want. You, America. It's, it's pronounced what this America. country was was typically what I understood founded on was was the freedom that like it's your family running. We're not gonna you know pr- propaganda or propagate stuff and shove it in your kids' faces. We're not gonna do that in America. So if you want to so, Sopranos with the kids. You should. I'm what do you do like it. about Sopranos? Other than I don't know, I just I, we I saw a scene the other day, you know, with uh, with my man, and uh, I was like, hey, this was fun. It was, you know, Tony was talking to his kid, uh, AJ, right? He was talking to his son, and his son was really small in it too. And I'm like, hey, you want to watch this? He was talking about like, you know, their uncle, Uncle Jackie. Handsome, come here for a sec. Wait till you see this. Wait till you see how he went to school today. Solidarity, right? Represent. <laughs> wrongfully accused this guy originally the news reports are pretty terrible but Sean Kemp. <laughs> yeah we got a little kemp jersey gotta love it i i thought uh, make america great again hat i'm gonna ship your way <laughs> no he got a little kemp jersey and he says i'll wear this jersey but you have to show me his best dunks and we watched the video we watched youtube a little best dunk so it was a good and you stuff. know what i noticed what'd you notice that only one of those games, he was away. So his best dunks, according to Ian, were all at home. And what we do here 20 minutes in is we tie it all together. Because <laughs> NBA players, they feed off of that home energy sometimes. And Kemp, he jumped <laughs> just a little bit higher. Clay shot just, like just a little. Are you like, is this the Vinci code for you? Like that That's people it? play better at home? Is that surprising? In football, you get it. Now that you have Jimmy G, can we just have a oh, round? Yeah. Of- oh, yeah. let's talk about that. What? He had a, a pretty annoying day, if I could be honest. I have a he, lot of really. If he really, really opened up too. the can of yeah, they yeah. Darren Waller. I mean, what the hell? For and Devontae Adams is like, yo, if my phone's dry, don't hit me up too. about this. Yeah. Like, no, no, Jacobs and Adams were just pissed. They're like, just don't, don't mess with me. Like, don't message me yeah. about this stuff. Like, well, leave me alone. They, the true testament of how good people are is with like the, your peers, and well, Jimmy G's just not not it. Yeah, I, listen, Jimmy G. I thought as a, was a placeholder. I was hoping that they were going to use the seven pick and draft a quarterback, and I still hope they do. But he's we'll see what do happens. Damage in Vegas, like with, with, right, just not on the field. Not on the field, but he's going to do some damage. What do you think? We haven't talked about this. Two topics, and we'll, we'll let you bounce. 
Uh, John Morant counseling, strip club, all that. And then should breakers be regulated? Okay, a couple things. Things. Number one, John Morant, there's more to the story. There's other things that are going to come out, right? Because, oh. yeah, I mean, it has to be. Because what I'm hearing, you know, he's missed the whole rest of the season. They're the two seed right now. I, right? I, I have a theory. Please, shoot. Coming from a family of addiction and alcoholism and um, functional alcoholism, there's just people that could do that. I think it was uh, substance abuse, like alcohol became like his coping mechanism, and he was drunk a lot of the time. That would be my thing. And he's going for counseling for addiction. That would be my theory. I mean, it's possible. I just think there's more to it because, you know. I mean, yeah, but what more? Like you can't just leave that there. Yes, I can. I can. Because I, I don't can. know what it is. I, I I don't know what it is, but what I could say is, you know, the punishment fit the crime. I mean, what we're hearing here is a laser pointer from his friends, and we're hearing, you know, he, he got into it with some – I mean, like, you know, it's the social media cloud-chasing era. I think it was Steven Jackson who came on. Uh, I was listening to our friends with the Breakfast Club this morning, and he's like, oh, my God. If if we had this social media back when we were all playing, like it was ridiculous. We, we would all been in this position. We would have been worse, you know. And and now the you know the focus is on Ja, and the focus is showing what I mean. I mean now we see him in a strip club. I mean, give me a break. That you know. Yeah, but he mean, went there twice to the strip club. Yeah. Oh, so long. They did a home and ho- they did a like a way away with the Nuggets. I think it was, and they went on two occasions, the second and the fourth. I'm not saying there's so. I mean, yes, I agree with the social media thing. I think it's an alcohol dependency thing, and you can't make good decisions if you're just always drinking. You can't go to jail for that. You don't do anything wrong uh, unless you drive and all that stuff. But I think it was an alcohol dependency thing, and he's like, I need to get sober Okay, because I'm not making sound decisions. We'll see. I mean, that's very possible. Um, We'll we'll see what happens. That is going to be difficult for that team to perform without him, although you and I have said at different times that team's better without him. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that team got hit, like it, it's tough because sometimes like a lot of shit happens at once and there was ja dylan brooks torres uh ja uh brendan clark uh torres steven adams steven adams injury was even worse and that, that's like your core like steven yeah. adams people this is why i say stats don't matter where do you put um setting a good screen yeah you know as yeah. Looking like them? Aquaman. I mean, there there are things that just don't show up in the in the stat sheet <laughs> in, in the, the box score. Xavier Tillman playing meaningful minutes is not a recipe for success. He's a, a, a great, he's a good role player. I mean, NBA player, but he's not. He should not be your starting center. You know what I mean? That's not the two seed. That's not some. That's not a team that's going to win a championship. I don't believe. So that's that. You asked about um, what else after Ja? I'm trying to remember. So oh, the Raiders. Is that what you wanted to mean? No, no. So I think with this TikTok ban and uh, oh. all this stuff that's coming down, I- I've said it for a while. I think it's actually it would be good for the hobby if um, if there like, like the way you get a. Uh, blackjack dealer license a roulette dealer license and then you show that license when you get hired to the casino and there you do something wrong or, or whatever it is you could revoke that license you could revoke it permanently for a month there, there's and people have incentive to hold on to that license because that's their livelihood i think the same thing should be done with breakers where breakers have to get a license in order to break and then when the company hires they do a background check and they verify that that license is legit and it benefits everybody. It benefits the best breakers. It doesn't let the minnows who come in and out chomp 
and take away little parts of the business. Mm -hmm. I think it adds a, just a level of professionalism and trust into the ecosystem. I'm surprised. And I, I, I got to imagine that, that this will happen. I don't know if a fanatic will do it, someone will do it, where it'll be like, these are X uh, licensed breakers and then backyard or Layton or whomever can go and hire them through that license. Any of thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't think it has anything to do with that at all. Um, I think I that if you did, yeah, I, I think that may be the, my opinion. That may be the spin that gets put on it, you know, licensing and the whole nine yards, you know, because it's an unregulated, you know, space. I think it just comes down to what everything comes down to. I think how many millions of dollars do you think are being broken on TikTok every month? Millions of dollars. And how much of that is TikTok getting? None. So what it comes down to is you shut it down until you can figure out a way that TikTok gets their piece, you know, and each one of these social platforms will find a way to do that, whether it's the Instagram shopping, whether it's whatnot style where there's a rake, there's a fee on it. I think that is a hundred percent just what it comes down to. I think, you know, everybody now with, you know, the economy, the market, the way that it is, is looking for ways to make sure that they're getting their piece of the funds and I think that is the entire thing that, that we have going on now. And I'm sure we're going to see it all over the place. Um, you know, breakers were basically getting a free ride there. Right. And I don't know how it works on Twitch. What was the sure free ride they were getting? They were broadcasting on their platform and selling and just getting, uh, you know, getting paid without the platform itself taking any kind of a fee for providing that platform for them. And any breaker who right now says, well, I'm big enough. Like, I, okay, well, then you shouldn't complain about no longer being on TikTok and no longer being on and breaking on these platforms. Yeah, but right? it's like um, well, Facebook Marketplace, we could use that. Mm -hmm. It's um, Facebook's a social media company. So for, for them, their interest is, I mean, the way they started was to bring people together, creating e-commerce and shopping and payment processing. Now they're in a completely different business. Now they take on a different level yeah. of risk. 100%. Yeah, but I mean, there's money there, right? So I think that's really what it comes down to. And I mean, you've seen it. You've seen, I don't, I'm not telling you the companies. How much money it. for the risk? How much money do you think they're going to make on card breaks? Millions. Like, they'll take a fee. I understand, but, but they'll take, it's also infrastructure to build all that out. And it's a whole another business unit. Okay. I'm sure that it's worth it. I'm sure it's worth it. So everyone's going to have online shopping on every platform? No. And then you have the to ones, go through just the so, and then you have to, And you have to go apply to like TikTok to sell on TikTok? Yeah. Okay. Well, then I think that – do you think WhatNot and Card Shop Live and all those are in trouble? No. I think more competition is better is what you always say. For the consumer, not for the apps who – how are they going to fight with TikTok and Instagram who have unlimited resources? I mean this is kind of what happens, Right. You know, it's kind of what happens. There are uh, trading card companies and there are breakers and there are all these things. And then some big company comes in and usually uh, makes it difficult for somebody else to compete. We've seen it in the hobby already. Um, you and a bunch of other people have used the word monopoly to describe hobby companies already. So why is it that some of the other smaller uh, hobby specific companies should be exempt from that? If there's enough money in the hobby... If breaking is going to generate enough money with people, then yeah, wouldn't you want one of these bigger companies to come in, make it cheaper, make it more reputable, and then maybe, maybe also regulate it, make it fair. You, I would imagine Fanatics is going to be doing something like that. 
I would imagine. What do you guys that? think? Listening, how would you go about it? Like, do you think regulation is good? What are your thoughts on the subject, Cage? Any final words before we bounce? Yeah, um, we haven't talked in a while. I didn't even get a chance to do my Monday brain dump because we had I a guest episode three yesterday. hours ago, and you said I'm all talked out for you today. <laughs> no, so no, of, uh, I'm talked out of you. Yeah, I can always listen to myself. I just don't want to hear you anymore. So here, well, quote, I went to quote. yeah. But that doesn't mean I can't talk so, yes, about my brain. My, my brain, though. I don't want to hear your Your brain makes me confused um, and sad sometimes, too. Philly. I had a great time at the Philly show, guys. I haven't really had a chance to talk about this too much. Um, you know, Ian and I had a great time there. Really, really fun atmosphere. A lot of great athletes, you know. Um, you even had fanatics and you know full force. Michael Rubin walking the floor and talking to people, which is, you know, a cool thing to see. Um a lot of people lined up. I know it's Philly, and obviously they're Philly sport fans, right? But I mean, people getting real jazzed to see Ty, you know, Tyrese Maxey and 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 you know the Eagles and the and the Seventy Sixers. That was cool to see, and it got me thinking about you know a, a different side of the hobby, a different side of of what we do. Um, it doesn't always have to be the doom and gloom. Prices are down. What I thought about after I left the show was what connects people to the hobby. And I watched people line up and wait for hours to go and see their sports heroes. They went and they wanted to meet them. They took a picture with them. They got a signature with them. They bought a card and got the card signed. That to me, that connection, that thing, that that's not going anywhere. Um you know, it doesn't mean necessarily that those folks are going to be buying RPAs for $10,000 and trying to sell them the week after for 12000 But the fan base is definitely there. It's definitely rabid. And I think, you know, if done the right way, we can definitely expand this hobby and bring some of these fans in and make them collectors. That was what I left thinking. Also, just that we had a great time. Some of these athletes, you never know what they're going to be like. These guys were real nice. I mean, George Niang was, you know, was talking to Ian about uh, whether or not Dame Lillard was going to hit that last second shot the night before, and you know, Tobias Harris. We were, you know, we were talking to him and having a good time with him. So that it was, was a good was, time to have the Sixers in the house. Like they just came off. They just came awesome off. Yeah. So it was it was definitely nice. I mean, Tyrese Maxey, you can see him smile from across the room, and he doesn't stop smiling. That's pretty awesome too. Um, especially because, you know, you're there for kids, right? Kids are saying hi, kids are meeting you. The, the fact that, you know, you get to, you know, meet this guy and he's constantly smiling, that's a cool thing uh, for the folks also. So I, I really enjoyed that. NCAA tournament this week. Um, you know, I don't know if I'm filling out a bracket. I have no idea what I'm going to do. I haven't really watched too much in the way of college basketball. Usually fill a bracket out, you know, and do that kind of stuff. I guess if there it will be fun to be in Mint and Vegas for I don't know round of sixteen maybe yeah I think so I think it's definitely one of the later rounds um, I think it's, it's a sweet sixteen um, we shall see I'm excited for Mint I definitely am um, you know looking forward to that and uh, you know seeing folks again what else man I mean this this my brain the I really haven't a chance to talk about you know the the Philly stuff NFL I'm not looking forward to the NFL season. Not at all. I mean, my Raiders are just going to be terrible as a fan. I'm looking forward to it. You know, there's been a lot of movement, a lot of players switching teams, a lot of great stuff. And usually that's going to mean a, probably a fun draft. You know, when you have this Why much does movement. Aaron Rodgers do what he does? Uh, that is, is a this? very difficult question. Why does he put butter up his nose? Why does he go into a dark place? Why does he what? Why does he make uh, something as simple as like choosing a team and making a contract when you're – 
obviously the cream of the crop. You could get paid basically what you want. Why does he turn it into this whole like drama and saga, which only hurts him? I don't really understand how any of it helps him. Correct. Basically, if you guys don't know, he's sort of holding the Jets' feet to the fire the way I understand it, and saying these are the wide receiver free agents I want, but the trade hasn't been finalized, but it's been reported that it's almost done, and like it's kind of this limbo game is the way I, I know this talented guy. All right, he does a lot of stuff. Right, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff. He's very good at what he does. Y'all need to stop sending this guy DMs. Sometimes he gets weird when he gets too many DMs. I know this guy, and sometimes he does things that people don't understand. Sometimes he does things that look like he's, you know, basically getting his own way. Sometimes it looks like he's tripping himself up. Sometimes to the outside, it looks like, wow, you know, we see all the great stuff he's doing, but why would he do this? Why? Why does he do the things that he does? Like but, take cards out of someone else's vault, not tell them, and sell a Michael Jordan sticker on auction. Like no, that kind of stuff. No. Oh no, no. That was someone else. That's a company in the business. No. Just take but, it right out of the vault, sell it. What I what I'm what I'm getting at here is sometimes people do that stuff because they are looking for attention. They're looking for recognition and they're not getting it. And there are only a few times where you know, these folks, I don't call them narcissists, but they have narcissistic tendencies where they have this need, this desire that they need to be told how great they are and they want to relish that moment. And it's there's different levels, right? I mean, the Raiders only let Derek Carr talk to one team to try to get a trade worked out. And it was the New Orleans Saints, which is where he ended up. But you know, a trade didn't get worked out. And the, the reason Derek Carr said today in an interview was, because the Raiders only let him talk to one team. And he, even though he liked that the Saints were all in on him and, you know, he wound up and ended up there anyway, he wanted to feel the free agency. He wanted to be wooed. He wanted to be loved. He wanted to know what was out there, what other teams might be interested in him and what kind of money and what kind of offers and the whole deal. Carmelo Anthony did the same thing, remember? I mean, there are so many different free agents who will say that. And, hey, I don't really get a chance to do this. I want to get out there. I want to be a free agent. I want I want to feel the love from these teams. Aaron Rodgers is in a, he's in a unique spot, right? He's got a team that's basically now with the signing of, of Carr somewhere else. Um, they probably don't want Lamar Jackson, it seems. He has them where he, where he, right where he wants them. And he wants them to show him the love. He's got some narcissistic tendencies, maybe. I mean, you wouldn't know anything about this, but I know you what you're talking yeah, about. yeah, yeah. So, but but so so that's why he does what he does because in a couple of years, he will think that he can become Pat McAfee Part Two, and he will fail miserably at it, and he will disappear. Um, <laughs> so Christ. he might as well utilize the last couple of years of NFL, um, you know, relevancy that he has left in his life. Okay, I mean, I think he just has the best chance to win with the Jets. That's a pretty good team, honestly. I mean, honestly, if he would have went to the Saints, he'd be a better Super Bowl odds, 100%. He'd actually probably have just the best. Just because NFC. Is the, your whole theory is AFC-NFC. Okay, but, but does, did, did, did LeBron, better team. Did LeBron a make team. a lot of finals in a row in a weaker East? The Jets are a better I mean, team. You could, you could say that. The Jets are a better team than almost every team in the NFC. But they're not a better team than I could probably name a half dozen teams in the AFC that they're not better than. And that does matter, right? It does matter. If he stayed it in does, Green Bay, it, he'd probably have a chance to get it. It cuts both ways. Like uh, being battle-tested also matters if you make it through the juggernaut. Sure. 
Well, Rogers so, is like, tested and the Jets aren't. They got a bunch of first and second year players. No, no, I'm saying the Jets. They play a tough uh, Patriots team twice. They play the Bills twice. They play Dolphins twice. That's six games that are not going to be easy. So, yes, I'm, I agree that that's a tough ground. Like, you've said it all along. AC's tough to get through. But a team that gets through is battle-tested, where maybe a team that comes out the NFC with clearly subpar talent across the board might not be as battle-tested when it really matters. So it's harder True. to get there, but once you get there – I would imagine the AFC team will probably win the Super Bowl against whatever the NFC team is, but I think Derek Carr right now is my favorite to make it to the Super Bowl. And if Aaron Rodgers went to the Saints, same thing. If Aaron Rodgers would have stayed in, in Green Bay, it would have been the same thing. Um, and, and people have to look at that. If I'm Lamar Jackson, I try to get try to get going into the NFC also if I can. But in, in any event, it's it's neither here nor there. Um, you know, Rodgers looks like he's going to go to the Jets. Um, the draft is going to be interesting. It's going to be a lot of fun. Great times here. We got WBC, you know, the World Baseball Classic uh, being played. There was a, a young pitcher from, uh, I think it was a Nicaraguan team, that in the ninth inning of the game against the Dominican Republic, I'm pretty sure, I'll probably get it wrong. I'm pretty sure he struck out both Julio Soto. Rodriguez, Juan Soto, and who else? Tatis, maybe? He struck out like three of them. Yeah, and then they signed him. One, one and he got signed. The, the Tigers yeah. signed him, like right after the game. Like, that's a cool story. You know, it's a cool sports story. It's a cool story. So that is a cool story. I there's agree a lot with that. of there's a lot of cool, you know, a lot of cool sports stuff. I'm excited for the NBA playoffs when that starts. I mean, we got some time on that. The Lakers, big game against the Pelicans today. Two teams reeling without their stars, but both of them are very close to, you know, a couple wins in a row, being out of the play-in tournament. Some craziness Dude, in there. AD 44 games. Look at this guy's stats. When he plays, he's a fucking monster. I looked at his stats, I couldn't believe it. Remember when we took about the MVP? He was the most game. valuable player to his team. I said AD, and you laughed at me well, like I was. Twelve rebounds a game, twenty-six points a game, shooting basically fifty-five percent, two blocks a game, and a steal a game. But with all that said, he Darvin Ham with a straight face in the pregame against the Knicks comes out and says that they have a new nickname for Anthony Davis. They're calling him Wilt Davis. Like, come on, Ham. You know, call if you want to come up with a new nickname for him, call him like work clothes because it sounds better than street clothes. <laughs> you know, call him uniform because he's playing enough games now, but don't call him wilt. You're, you're not a, like as a coach. Have you did you ever want to be a coach? No, I was a your coach. Dad, I coached Pee Wee football. A, your dad was a coach, right? Yeah, I coached Pee Wee. I coached flag what, football. So, what games. would be you have you heard the character of the stick? Yes, like there's two motivators, character of the stick. What yes. do you think would be yours? That? Um, if I were trying to motivate someone, I'm more of a carrot than a stick. And you would do that by telling you. And carrot with humor. You kind of have like a funny way of like I mean, carrot a with carrot. a little humor intertwined with a little bit of a stick. So it would be like work clothes is obviously a play on how much you're always out at a weekling. And you're but working. I'm telling you that you're moving up. You know, and you're working hard. Gotcha. You know, you're working. You're working hard. That's <laughs> the thing. You know, I mean, that's that's what I would say. I wouldn't have a stick for Anthony Davis because it might hurt him. And then he'd miss some time. You also have to know which people respond to what at what time, right? Some people love I'm still trying to figure out what you respond to. I'm much more of a carrot nine, guy. 940 episodes later. Yeah, we'll so, get there. So I'm much more of a carrot guy, but people don't want to give me carrots. They think I... Uh, 
they're like, no, you're the dog that likes to get hit with a stick. And I'm like, no, no, I promise you, I'm a carrot guy. No, 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 no. let's try the stick. Did you watch the uh, Oscars? Who was, who was the... No, I, I just played sports my whole life, so I'm telling you from No, experience. the Oscars that just happened. The Best Actor mm-hmm. Award. Did you see who won Best Actor? No, who? I don't watch Vogue shit for a living. Oh, uh, okay. All right, cool. Go ahead. No, it was Brendan Fraser he won. And, and, I do, and I the, like Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Uh, Animal House? No. No, judge. What's the jungle movie? Is he like Tarzan or some shit? George of the Jungle. Is that what you're talking about? He was George of the Jungle. He was also Encino Man. He's good. Um, Dude, Frazier's Frazier's good peeps. 90s actor. So the kid who, I can't call him a kid, but the actor who won Best Supporting Actor for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, he was in Goonies as a child actor. My favorite movie. I'm going to try to find his autograph. He was Data. Anybody have a data auto, send it my way. With nearly 40 years as the most trusted resource for collectors, dating back to the first Beckett magazine in 1984, Beckett has been the brand that bridges generations of the hobby. We're happy to be partnering with Beckett and look forward to keeping you all updated on the big things happening at the company in 2023. Beckett, it's the name you know and the name you can trust.